Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in this series, we're doing called Life in His Story. And in this series, we've been looking at the church calendar, the historical church calendar, or Christian year, if you would, and we've been using it as a, uh, as a as sort of a guide for our devotional lives. And the historical church calendar um, takes the redemptive acts of Jesus the Messiah and then it sort of highlights them throughout the course of a year. And, and it's a very uh, powerful way to stay connected um, into his story. We talk about being a part of his story all the time. And, and so it's just a reminder of where we're at in his story. And uh, it connects us to the historical church. And I, I always get the... Uh, I like knowing that we're part of something much bigger than just ourselves at this point in time. We, we've been, uh, we're part of something that's been going on for a couple of thousand years that started you know, directly with Jesus and has continued on throughout all these years. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful sort of thought? I mean, do you think like that sometimes, that you're a part of something that's that big, that's been going on for that long, and you are directly connected to it in Christ? And so we're, we're talking about um, the, the church calendar we have been this year which starts with Advent back in December which is all about the coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ and Christmas which is about the incarnation uh, you know God came in the flesh um, the epiphany where, where he was uh, Jesus was manifest to the Gentiles um, the uh, 70, 60 and 50 day out uh, from Easter celebrations that we looked at and then the season of Lent which we've been in, involved in which is to pre prepare us for this week. Um, this week is known as a Holy Week. Um, and and uh, this week um, commemorates with today, Palm Sunday, Jesus' uh, triumphant entry uh, in, into uh, Jerusalem. And then, um, unfortunately, things turned quickly from there, leading to the events of the cross, the crucifixion and, and the death of Jesus, and then him defeating death and the resurrection, which is what we ultimately celebrate. As believers we celebrate that all the time, it's where we get life, but, but during this week it becomes the, the focal point um, of our lives and we've hopefully been preparing through it for, for these many weeks now, um, starting almost 10 weeks ago, preparing us to be ready spiritually to fully engage in um, everything that this, this entire week means um, in our lives now and forever. And so um, we've, been, um, we've been talking over these last weeks uh, about um, uh, staying connected into this story. We've talked about the importance of reading the scripture. We've talked about um, the, the tricks of the evil one to distract us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, how important it is to stay focused on Jesus, um, to live lives of integrity, to live lives of faith. Um, last week I, I asked you to think about the reality that your eternal life begins with him the moment that you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. It's not just, not just future, it's, it's now and forever and, and how that's to impact us and the way that we live. Today, I want to talk about this incredible love that Jesus displayed for us at the cross and what that looks like. And, and this week, I want you to be thinking about his love for us and the way that we're to love others in return. Um, this, is, this is up here because it's Palm Sunday. We went all out. Um, <laughs> we got palms everywhere, but here you go. Uh, actually, the kids are going to be making this in the, in the classrooms, which is really cool, don't you think? And uh, 
Hi, Georgina. And, and uh, uh, the kids have been making this, but I, I thought I would use this just for a little story. It was, it was, uh, it was Palm Sunday, and, uh, and yet five-year-old Sammy had a sore throat, and so he couldn't go to church. And the rest of the family went, though, and they left him with a babysitter. And, and when they came home, the, the family were all carrying palms um, like this. And little Sammy said, hey, what are, what are those things for? And uh, his dad said, well, well, people held them over Jesus' head as he walked by. And Sammy looks at them and he goes, wouldn't you know it? I miss Sunday and Jesus shows up. It's bad, I know. It's Palm Sunday. Ah, scripture reading is in Matthew 27, verses 26 through 44. Kind of an intense passage of scripture, um, but I hope that it will get us all thinking about what Jesus went through for us, what he endured for us. Matthew 27, 26 and following. Pilate released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and sat it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said, and they spit on him. And they took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And there they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you're the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I think when um, we read those passages, uh, that it has to impact us at lots of levels. If you, if you take it in, that Jesus, who had, who had done nothing wrong, who had never sinned, um, endured such intense ridicule, such intense um, physical pain from the beatings and, and um, uh, from the act of crucifixion itself being nailed to a cross. The people who hurled insults at him through all of this and humiliated him and mocked him and uh, that, that he went through uh, such agony and, 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 and all the while the reality is that um, he didn't, not only didn't he deserve it, but he, he really didn't have to do it. Um, you know, the, the, they had tried to arrest him many times before, but he'd always slipped away. 
But this time, he allowed himself to be arrested. He allowed himself to be tried. He allowed himself to be beaten. He allowed himself to be mocked. And he allowed himself to be crucified. And, and the question then would become, why did he do it? And the first little point in your notes that I want you to think about is that Jesus endured the cross for you. He went through all of that. He went through all of that horror for you. Um, see, that needs to impact us. That needs to change us. Jesus, fully God, fully man, went to the cross for you and endured all that mess because he loves you. See, it, it, the, the problem that we all had is that because we've all sinned, Jesus never had, but because we've all sinned, we were, we were separated from God. Our sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. And, and there's nothing we could do to get that back. We could never be good enough. We could never work hard enough. Um, we could never, you know, figure out how to do more good than bad in our lives. Once, we, once we'd messed up, we'd messed up. Sin is sin, and it separates us from God. We had a huge problem. And, and yet God loved you. You're his creation. And he, he, he wanted to spend all time with you, and yet sin had messed things up terribly. And so he came. Jesus came. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, we touched on this verse the other day, um, and, and I wanted to bring it up again. The joy set before him is why he endured the cross, and, and to make sure you, you get that. See, um, Sometimes people think, oh, the joy then set before him was, was going back into the throne room of God and, and uh, the glory that that means and the, and the position at the right hand of the throne of, of the Father. And yet what you need to know is that before Jesus came to us, he was already there. He already was there in the throne room of God. Um, he, he, he didn't come for that. Um, there was something missing. That's why he came. And what was missing there was you. What was missing was you. Uh, relationship with you was what was missing and so he came and and for that joy of being in relationship with you he endured the cross so that in him we could all be seated in the throne room with Jesus there in his presence and so Jesus by his going to the cross and and then ultimately dying there but defeating death and, and um, being resurrected has made a way for us to be restored in relationship with God. Restored in a, in a perfect, in a relationship with a perfect God um, and, and then seated in the heavenlies with Jesus. And just so you know, he did it all for you. You were the joy set before him because he wants relationship with you because he loves you. John 15, Jesus said this in verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. 
You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. So our response to this amazing love that he displayed for us at the cross is to learn to love like he does. And, and, and that's what we need to be thinking about this week. Second point there in your notes is that love, love has to be the motivation of our lives. Love needs to be the motivation of our lives in Christ. Love. Um, oftentimes in life we're motivated by a lot of other things. Sometimes it's uh, fear that motivates us, which is a terrible motivator. Well, anytime that you've made any decisions in fear, haven't you figured out pretty quickly they were pretty bad decisions? Uh, you know, sort of anxious decisions are not great decisions. Um, sometimes we are motivated in life by greed, by um, wanting things, and that overtakes, you know, our, our reasoning for all sorts of stuff because it's just become the focus of our life. We've got to have that or life isn't going to matter, and, uh, and we make bad decisions. But what Jesus wants um, and what he demonstrates for us is that the life is found in, in love being what motivates us. First um, Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 3 it says if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have a faith that can move mountains but have not love I, I'm nothing if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love I gain nothing see unless we figure out love this kind of love that God displayed for us um, we miss the point and no matter what we might achieve outwardly, we miss the reality of what we were created for. Uh, a relationship where, where we're to love God and love others. Those are the words of Jesus. What matters? What's the difference? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He summed it up for us. And yet it's so easy for us to get so busy that we forget the simple truth that he taught us so wonderfully at the cross. So what we need to do, third, is that we need to make sure that we're passing everything in our life through the filter of love, through a love filter. Um, it's so easy, as I said, to get distracted. Um, it's so easy to think that our way is the right way. It's so easy to get self-focused that we can miss God. This is what happened to the established religious community. Jesus came, fully God and fully man. And, and uh, they were, he was the one they were waiting for, they said. And he shows up and he demonstrates very clearly who he is with his signs and wonders. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the established religious community didn't invalidate the things that he was doing. They just didn't like the package it came in. That was the issue. Because they had decided that this is what things were going to look like. And when God came, um, they said, no, we don't, we don't want it to look that way. To the point of, of being so hardened that they, they would rather have him dead than be around any longer. And that's what happened at the point of the cross. They, they got involved in that whole process in the thing. But what ultimately had happened is they had stopped processing things through the filter of love. And they were so sure that they were right. And they were so sure that their way was the only way. And, and yet their way was so cold that no one was coming to God anymore. That's why Jesus came and, and tried to undo things and straighten them around and tell them about the love of the Father and, and, and offer them opportunities to, to come back into relationship with God. But they wouldn't do it. And we need to be ever vigilant in our own lives that, that we don't allow that thing 
um, to creep back in on us because it's always trying to impact the established religious community today. This thing that just says we've got it all figured out, we're right, everybody else is wrong and rather than loving people back in a relationship with God we just become cold-hearted, finger pointers, critical, mean-spirited people and we lose our impact on the world around us. And so we need to love like God did. And the filter of love uh, is what I like to call it. It's found as you continue on in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And most of you will, will know it immediately. We've, we've encouraged you to memorize it time after time and, uh, and use it as a way to process your decisions in life. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. That's what love looks like. That's how we're supposed to be living this life. And see, how does that filter work? Well, how that filter is supposed to work is, ultimately, as the Spirit of God works in us, we ought to be able to start putting our name in that little spot there where it says love. So, so think about it now, because this is where I get stuck. Steve is patient. Oh, man. I'm still stuck on first, first part of verse 4. Steve is kind. Sometimes, if it's Steve doesn't envy, Steve doesn't boast, Steve isn't proud, Steve isn't rude, yeah. Steve isn't self-seeking, Steve isn't easily angered. That goes a lot for me. Easily angered and patience are all tied together. And you know, the thing is that it's it's little irritations that tend to knock us out of this whole process. It's little things. And yet we need to be working on them all the time. I hope that, that you're working on it in, in cooperating with the Spirit and allowing Him to change you so that you love better. Because that's what it's all about. Because I, I think sometimes, some of the times that I get irritated and frustrated means so little. And, and, and yet, that, you know, that thing can well up in me and all of a sudden, you know, it's all... And you know, it's the people that you, especially the people that, that are around you that you love, we need to be loving back like this. We need to have lots of patience. We need to be as kind as we can be. And we encourage you all the time to at least encourage two people every day to demonstrate kindness just to remind us of how important it is. Um, we, we need to get the focus off of us. I, well, I always talk about being patient. Most of you have heard of my, my, my uh, you know, how my struggles when I drive because a lot of times that's where my irritations pop up um, with other drivers. And, and isn't it funny, it's always the other drivers that are the problem, never me. And uh, I'm really done. I'm really, I really feel like I'm doing pretty good, although the other day it snuck up on me. You know, I still have this one issue. It's been an, a longstanding issue, but it showed up the other day because um, there was a lot of traffic anyway. I was coming back from Marathon, and they had a lane closed off coming off the bridge um, there. And, and, you know, and there was a big sign way back that said, look, we're going to merge over. You need to everybody merge in one lane. And, and so I, I just pay attention to that sign. Okay, we need to merge over. Do you know who irritates me still? People that refuse to listen to that sign and keep sneaking by me on the right. Do you know those people? You're not one of them, I know. But 
And I got to tell you, I'm, so I'm stopped and I'm watching and everybody knows the information I know and they're still keeping coming. And, and I, oh, I was going, <laughs> do you ever, and then sometimes, you know, I got a big truck. I'll try and sneak it over and block that other lane off too. <laughs> and then I've just become the police that I don't, shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Well, I'll help you with this information. <laughs> Come around that, why don't you? It's like having your feet like this. But, but I didn't, actually didn't do that this time and, and was like, okay, you know, it doesn't make it. Because what difference does it, seriously, I, I got quickly to this. And that's what I'm doing better, I think. What difference does it make? It's going to take me another five or ten minutes. Who cares? It's God's time anyway. Eh, whatever. Go on by. I don't care. But I, I, it's not always like that. But in your own life, you ever think about little things like that that take you right out of the groove and keep us from loving well? That's what I want you to think about this week. Start running everything through the filter of love. That filter of love um, keeps us connected to the heart of God, which is a heart of love. And it keeps us from getting arrogant and self-righteous and self-centered and rebellious and from doing stupid things. Um, It keeps us, hopefully, from ever using religion as a cover for evil. And, And our motivation for life needs to be love. Processing everything through the filter of love so that we can experience now and forever life in his story. So think about love this week, what it means to you, what he did for you, and and how we can respond to that love by loving others well. Amen? Ministry team, those of you here, oh, I got to stop this.